What's up, Chad? Another day, another space. Another day, another space, Mr. Thoreau. <laughs> Chad and Chad. <laughs> yeah, great space last night, guys. Uh, also, there was like 300 people there. Uh, I'm pretty sure, almost like the whole time. Yeah, there were like almost like there were about 300 people, and they were there for like two hours of a conversation about uh, the integration of, of like of Rune and Luna and all that stuff. Yeah, the lunatics are strong, and uh, the more we can do to to bridge that gap and, and explain things, the better. So. Yeah. Uh, definitely more of that to come. Um, it's so exciting to see that they're, uh, you know, they're, they're definitely coming around and, uh, yeah, Sefi, Sefi was super interested and he's got a really strong following of, of Terra people that are yeah. very savvy. So, um, huge. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why I'm so uh, bullish on this project is because, um, we are, instead of in an isolated fashion, just trying to create our own ecosystem and to, doesn't relate to or, or add to anybody else's. We're doing the opposite of that. And so we can go to the Terra community of Lunatics and say, hey, Thorchain is actually you know, contributing to the to the value proposition of your own, you know, ecosystem. And so we're 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 helping you. We're part of you. We're we're contributing to you. We're not this isolated thing that exists unto itself. And so that becomes like very like a bullish kind of mentality because we can do that with Terra. We can do that with Doge and we can do that with Adam, we can do that with like you know Dash or, or Tezos or Cardano. Like it doesn't matter. Like it can answer any chain, and like they all become fans of Thorchain because they are contributing to the, like their own project. Yeah, it's making me even more bullish. It's like it. It's not competitive. It's once they realize like what Thorchain does, it's like oh this this makes the project that I love way better. And then Thorchain captures value from from our project, and it just like it's it creates like a flywheel with every project that that integrates. Yeah, absolutely, and that and that obviously includes like uh, Bitcoin because I was just talking to somebody recently who um, works a part of uh, Bitcoin Magazine, and they got a conference coming up, I think, and I was just talking to the guy about uh, maybe doing like some speaking there at the Bitcoin conference. Uh, because they, from their perspective, they see anything that works with layer one Bitcoin is considered to be part of the Bitcoin ecosystem from that, from their perspective. And so I'm like, Hey, we do exactly that. We help the Bitcoin community out by, you know, providing all these services. Um, and so if I can convince this guy to let me speak at the uh, conference, I can start to kind of tell people about what Thorchain is within that system, that ecosystem. Like that's huge. It's too many conferences for you to go to because every single ecosystem uh, like entire crypto ecosystem conference is relevant to what we're doing. Oh, here. absolutely! I, I could. So, I, could just like, I feel like you could be every weekend at a conference. I could, but I could quit my job as a as a you know as a core dev and just be a full time you know person running around. <laughs> but I don't want. But I don't want to do that either, though. Because it's like I don't want. Uh, I'm just trying to get the word out there and like let it kind of hit that critical mass and then kind of explode on its own from that point. So I'm just trying to like advocate for that point and get more people in different communities to start talking to their own people in the Bitcoin community or the Doge community or whatever, the lunatics like, and get people to, to kind of spread the wildfire, you know? Totally. You definitely do a great job of planting that seed though. Uh, like I know, like I probably wouldn't be up talking about Thorchain all the time if it wasn't for hearing how, how you have put it. So you're definitely planting the seed for more people to, to spread that word. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, I started to do this and start to speak publicly just because uh, I was one of, like one of the people in the world that understood the protocol most in the most deepest fashion, and I'm, I'm not a terrible uh, public speaker per se, and so I just kind of elected. <laughs> I was kind of elected to do this for a little while, at least. <laughs> Hell yeah! So 
uh, yeah, we're a few minutes in. We, I guess we can like kind of officially kick things off here. Uh, uh, yeah. So welcome to the Thorchain Weekly. Um, we've got a handful of updates. Um, Thor games, ledger integration, rune bond increases, moving the caps uh, discussion, some new integrations, uh, exciting stuff like that. So we'll kind of go down the list here and then open up to questions um, later on as well. Um, yeah, let's as usual maybe start with like quick quick little intros. Uh, you want to go ahead first, Chad? Yeah, sure. I'm uh, Chad Barraford. I'm the uh, one of the core devs and technical lead in the project. Hey, I'm Familiar Cow. I'm uh, helping host this space. I have my own project, Veneer Threads. I make sneakers for uh, Thorchain people. And I'm Chad Thoreau, uh, community member, big fan of Thor- Thorchain, uh, hosting spaces, uh, writing content, doing tutorials for ThorSwap, uh, just generally trying to help with the community. Cool. So, um, yeah, it looks like first up, um, the Thor games have officially kicked off, right? Um, looks like we, I don't know if anyone from Nine Realms was jumping up today for this, but um, Chad, do you uh, do you have anything to, to speak on with that? Um, not terribly at this moment. Uh, I'm not uh, engaged in the Thor games myself all that much. I'm focused on other things in the project. Uh, Nine Realms understands this stuff much better than, that, better than I. But from my understanding, it's gonna it started off and it's gonna run for like one or two weeks. Uh, we're gonna see what you know things that the community can expose for issues or problems or bugs or what have you. Um, and then the um, the nine realms team will I think pay out some rewards to anybody who um, finds uh, security problems or bugs or issues. And there's like different tiers of like how much room you get for the severity of the issue that you discovered. Um, and then we'll go through that like week or two weeks and we'll find what it's discovered. Hopefully nothing, but you know, you never know. Uh, and we'll fix it, whatever bugs come up and then, uh, you know, carry on. So hopefully we'll get the synthetics, uh, actually launched on, on mainnet, you know, either this month or next. Yeah. So very exciting. Uh, so as far as you know, like this is like people can start banging on it right now. Right. Cause I know a few days ago there were some, some stage net issues and, uh, like on, on the Luna integration as well. Like, uh, I know I was trying to do some stuff with synths and Luna and like things were kind of. Uh, paused and a little bit wonky on StageNet. So, as far as you know, like that's now that's now ready to go. Uh, I think so, but I could be wrong. I hope I'm not wrong in speaking out of turn, but uh, I believe so. Yeah, I believe uh, Orion posted yesterday about the start block for the Thor games. I believe that was yesterday. Uh, I don't know when the end block is, but uh, you know, it should be sometime in the next one or two weeks. Uh, details are in the uh, Thorchain Dev Discord, and so I, I believe that's the best place to look at. Um, like the, the Thor chain, uh, the uh, the Thor games notion page, uh, along with like the the critical objectives. So if you're trying to participate, uh, that's probably where to go to get um, to get the the best info and to contact Nine Realms if you're um, you know interested or uh, just want to get more info about it. Yeah, there's probably uh, probably on Nine Realms Twitter as well. Um, I'm seeing the, if I can actually find a tweet that we could just pin up. Um, yeah, I was looking for one. I didn't see one. Got it. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah, at nine realms underscore, I believe uh, people can find everything needed needed through there. But yeah, awesome that it's uh, that it's here now. I, I'll probably get on stage now today and and poke around and mint my first synth, uh, do my first uh, Luna transaction. That'll be that'll be fun to just kind of uh, plant the flag. <laughs> it's Chad. Have you, uh, Chad Barford? Have you done any um, testing with the the synths recently? Like, like since the uh, since since it went live on stage now. <laughs> 
No, I actually have not. Uh, I tested it a bunch uh, when I wrote the code uh, way back when. But it's always a bad idea that, that the engineer who built it to actually to, to like uh, to, to test it manually because the engineer that built it has a certain mentality of like how they coded it or how they think about it will be used. And they have like a, they're kind of stuck in a specific mentality. And you really want like somebody who is not the engineer who built it to like do things that they, you didn't expect or some, some weird scenario or some case. So I tried not to actually do that just because it wouldn't be all that helpful, to be honest with you. As weird as that sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe... Um since we don't have like too much on the list, maybe we should give like some more basic info on sense if, if you feel up for it. Um, uh, just to, you know, consider that new people can always be popping in and out and, um, not just to stay always, uh, totally in the weeds on only the updates, but, um, maybe just like a quick explanation of like what the implications of sense coming, uh, really will bring. Yeah. So, uh, it's quite a few things. Um, Probably the, the the simplest and first thing it might you could argue that it does is that um, you can now hold it, you can almost imagine synth as being like a, like a lightning network of sorts, right? Allowing you to hold like Bitcoin and and be able to transact in very quickly and efficiently in five second block times and pay you know very little amounts of money in gas. And so that's one of the valuable things about the lightning network, right? And so technically speaking any and all assets in the crypto space effectively gets a mechanism to be able to, to transact quickly, which is kind of the most simplest kind of use case for it. The one of the other use cases for it is uh, arbitrage. And so being able to arbitrage all the pools using synthetics is a lot cheaper, faster, and uh, more capital efficient for the arbitrage plots to do. And it's also like just better for the, the general network because you know if you have a, a pool like Bitcoin, for example, that's got 10 minute block times, and so you want to do an arbitrage of that um, by sending in some Bitcoin and taking out some room to the pool to, to correct the price. Well, the problem is that it takes like, you know, 10 minutes for that to happen, right? Which is, you know, it's a lot of time for the, for the price to be corrected. But with synthetics, uh, this network can be, you know, uh, the price can be corrected within five seconds instead of 10 minutes. And so that gives every asset, despite its, its block uh, time, its, its individual attributes of that individual chain, Gets us kind of universal system of like, oh, let's arbitrage this this system, this uh, pool, this um, as quickly as we can, which is like just about five seconds. That's really kind of cool. Um, and then we're also going to be launching um, at some point. We're going to be launching IBC, which I actually reached out to Jack uh, Zampolini uh, or Zampolini or Zampolone. I can't remember his last name, but he's from uh, the Cosmos team. He's been part of the IBC from the very beginning. I'm trying to work out with him a way for them to get involved, um, and we can just kind of I mean, pay those those IBC pros to do the IBC implementation for us uh, to get that going, so that you can beam out Rune and synthetic Bitcoin, synthetic Ethereum, and all these kind of things. Because once you can do that, you can send these synthetic assets to Terra to to jump into a you know a Cosm Wasm you know smart contract to do other things that you might want to do some trading bot things that we were talking to yesterday with uh, Sefi or Safiel or who that guy's name was, uh, I don't know if I pronounce it correctly. Um, that was, that's pretty impressive because now you can do, take those synthetics as an entry and exit point within the entire ec uh, economic system of Cosmos, have a Bitcoin, have an Ethereum, have a, you know, USDT, have a UST, have a, you know, everything out there, a Doge, 
and then be able to, you know, throw them into a derivatives uh, exchange on Injective, for example, or whatever. So that's really kind of empowers the, the, the greater Cosmos ecosystem, which is pretty uh, interesting. And then the last thing that it does, which is like really important, is that like, it gives way to for, for uh, Thorify to exist. And so there's these plans that we've been talking about for a while. Uh, and we keep on kind of iterating on the on the on the implementation details and then kind of improving it and getting it further down that road in a sense, um, where you can use these synthetics to get loans um, to like you know three x long your position on Bitcoin for example, which is like pretty amazing. You can use these synthetics to lock them up into Thorchain and get like a fixed rate yield on those things. And we've even been talking lately about um, implementing a, a stable coin. Uh, for the Thorchain network, uh, a native asset, uh, stable coin that um, is, we're kind of looking at the UST design and the MIM design and kind of like maybe even merging those two things together uh, to create a new stable coin design that um, in some ways is more decentralized than even UST. Not to say that we're trying to compete with UST. I actually am a big fan of UST. I think it's a, a great design and, and product, but having a native stable coin to, the, to our own chain makes things a lot uh, easier in terms of getting DeFi to be more efficient. And so, or four or five more accurately. So we've, we've been talking about all this stuff for like a long time. And it's been like, you know, a long time coming, but synthetics kind of creates this entire new doorway into to a massive economic value proposition for not just for Thorchain, but for the greater ecosystem. So would you say, so ThorUSD is something that you guys are actively considering now? I, I, I thought the last update that I saw like with ThorUSD is kind of like back shelf uh, type thing that is like, you know, probably not going to happen, but we'll see. Yeah, so we, we it was back shelf for a while and we had a, different, a few different ideas of like how that could be implemented. And then when we came up with, a, with an, another idea of how to implement uh, the lending protocol, we realized that if we um, if we use uh, Thor USD as the, the debt asset, so that you whenever you take a loan out, you're providing your Bitcoin, for example, and then you're taking out a Thor USD loan, and that's the only asset that the network would support. That would change the the the, the situation and allow us to do things that you could not normally do in any other DeFi protocol in the space. And so if we have like attributes planned in this lending protocol of like uh, 0% interest, cross chain, um, no liquidations, like these kind of things that like we've never seen, or even like as low as, low as 100% collateralization radio, uh, ratio, 101%, whatever the number is, like we can do things that nobody else has done in the space at all. It's a completely unheard of. But we have an ability to do that because of uh, because of just the, the structure of this network, and we can do that better than pretty much everybody else in the space. And so, like, we're super excited about this idea, but we, we still need to iron out some of the uh, concepts and design attributes and, and to make sure it's all on the level. Uh, I know it's thinking like far ahead, but are there like anything you can share about the thoughts on how the Thor USD design might work? Yeah, so there's two designs that are that are being considered at this time um, between the, the devs. Um, one is uh, more of a MIM design of you lock up uh, collateral like of, the, of like a blue chip asset which might be like Bitcoin and Ethereum, for example. So you put up Bitcoin um, into a big, the Bitcoin pool, you acquire LP units. And then from those LP units, you, you, know, you, you give them to the network and then the network, you know, mints you, you know, a, a Thor USD uh, quantity that's real, real relational to your, uh, your collateral. Uh, so that was kind of more of like using the 
uh, pools themselves as collateral for um, for uh, a loan. And then once you have that Thor USD, you can swap it into Bitcoin and then put the Bitcoin back into the pool again and then get more LP units, get another loan, and then like, you know, circle that two, three, four times, whatever the, hell the number would be, um, which is pretty interesting. The other way we've been thinking about it is um, a kind of like a hybrid design between UST and MIM where there's the UST mechanism of like you burn rune and then you mint USD. Uh, or you burn USD and you, and you mint Rune, but then you off, you can also do that whole MIM thing, a concept of I'm just going to provide capital to the pool, get LP units, lock up those LP units as collateral for uh, a Thor USD loan, and then you know be able to you know long my position on Bitcoin or or, or even short the dollar if I really wanted to. I think so. There's like two different designs that the that the door devs are kind of been like considering and thinking over and making sure we think of as many um, angles as possible to make sure it is economically safe. Very cool. <clears throat> yeah, the first one, uh, I guess it's like pretty relatable to uh, since, I mean, it, it sounds very similar, like rather than minting the, the synthetic BTC in that example, you're, you're minting, you're minting the, the Thor USD, uh, the looping thing sounds, sounds crazy. And I definitely have a lot to get a, my head around with, with that concept. It, like, well, yeah, that, like, it sounds like it could put a lot of stress on the system potentially. I don't not know. Not so much like that, this is exactly what people use Maker, MakerDAO for, Like The number one use case of why people use MakerDAO more than any other reason, at least in my opinion, is they want a three X long their position on uh, Ethereum. So they provide Ethereum as, as collateral. They get some die, right? Like it, usually it's like a, maybe it's 150% collateralization. Right, so you put up one hundred fifty dollars and you get one hundred dollars worth of die, or maybe you do two hundred percent, depending on how like conservative or liberal you want to be about your um, your liquidation risk. And so you like put up you know two hundred dollars and you get out you know whatever the number is like one hundred and twenty five of die, and then you put the die up and you get up you know one hundred twenty five of die, and then you get out fifty dollars of die, and then you take the die up, and so you like you can loop it like three times before it becomes um, you know a waste of time. And so in ThorChain's case, you can do the same thing, but instead of like saying, I'm going to go 3x long on Bitcoin, you can go 3x long on, I'm sorry, 3x long on Ethereum. You can go 3x long on Bitcoin. Oh, you can do it on, on Doge. You can do it on Luna. You can do it on BNB. You can do it on USDT. You can do it on like every asset within the industry. And if you think, you think about it, like Maker is like a massive, you know, DeFi protocol and it just does a single asset. <laughs> what would happen if it actually supported, you know, all of crypto <laughs> like that would be a very massive concept and one of the things that we've been talking about is that like we actually have this idea that we can actually remove liquidations entirely that the network is, is capable of of, um, of doing that and so there's no liquidation risk uh, even if the collateral goes below the debt um, it's actually a positive thing for the network and actually helps grow the network's uh, value in a weird kind of way but we can get into the details like once we get right up an official document and, you'll, and the community can read it and uh, reading the, the official proposal and then converse and criticize it and you know talk it over and figure out if this is something the community wants to do or we don't want to do it as a community. Of yeah, course, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions about uh, you know how everything is going to work because all, all this is just kind of like brainstorming about how uh, how these features will work. We like there's no finalized design right now, and we have we have much more. Um, we have things that are coming up much sooner than like these kinds of integrations and a lot more time to talk about it. So I'm sure people really want to discuss sure. uh, this kind of stuff in depth and 
and learn about it before we get there. Absolutely, of course. Yeah, it's all just thought processes and, and proposals at this point. We're, we're, we haven't even really even agreed within the core devs of what the correct design is. And, and there's just different ideas and people. And, and that's all being, but like every time, right now it's on like V5, internally we call it V5. And so it's like right now it's on the, the fifth iteration of it. And, and every iteration is better than the previous one. And so we keep on iterating and like, oh, this, what if we did this? And it just like improves the entire thing and make, it makes it a lot more secure and economically sound. Like all these things just keep on happening. We keep on getting more and more bullish on uh, the design and implementation. Yeah, it's exciting to hear just like what, like all these things that are further down the line, but are possible because of the things that are rolling out right now. Right. Like, like we started, we kind of got off on this tangent because, because since are coming, like, you know, the, the testing started, like they're basically here, uh, just waiting to be rolled out onto the main chain. Um, but like, you know, that's laying the groundwork for, for all this crazy stuff in the future. And one thought I, I like you, you I, my mind kind of got blown during that because like, even with this looping strategy and all of that, like rune is capturing that value each time, right? right? Because essentially it's going, it's going back into the pool and being split 50, 50 to rune. And right. then like the whole thing is kind of like happening again. So like the rune value capture is being looped as well. And then obviously when, when rune captures value, that allows for more liquidity to come in yes. because the security is now the security is now more valuable. So yeah, yeah, all, uh, I get my mind blown every day with this. All of these things, like all these Thorfi features, even the, the, the Thor USD, like all of these things, lending savings, um, even the POL, like all these things uh, derive value to the Rune asset, and it doesn't even require you to touch it. That, that's that's so kind of fascinating about it. So you can lock up some Bitcoin, layer one Bitcoin to the network into a the savers like the savings account and get your fixed rate yield on that thing and never touch or own rune at any point in that entire transaction. But yet the mere fact that you have actually executed that means that you've actually inherently dri driven value to the, to the rune asset. You've actually literally created buy pressure on the rune asset, <laughs> even though you didn't even touch it. <laughs> like it's, it's kind of a yeah, they, crazy notion, but it's completely true. Th they won't even have to know rune exists. I mean, they'll just have to, you know, click, earn on BTC and in, in a, in a Robin hood, simple, simple type of app. Yeah. And then, and then the nerds like us that are aware of rune can be like, Oh, well, I know what happens when, when there's a trillion dollars of Bitcoin earning, <laughs> earning yield. I know where that's kind of coming. Exactly. From. <laughs> you have all these kind of Bitcoiners who have, you know, a trillion dollars, whatever. And they're starting to throw Bitcoin to the network to earn fixed rate BTC on their BTC. Like in, in, <laughs> we all know what, like what's really happening there is that it's all driving value to the rune asset in the end. But they have no idea about that. They have no idea they're even doing. It. They're just like, oh, I can get the my Bitcoin. I love that. I'm a Bitcoin maxi. I'll do that. Sure. Uh, it's kind of fascinating. Yeah, endlessly, endlessly exciting. But uh, yeah, just to circle back, like so, uh, synths are basically here, and that's laying the groundwork for all this stuff. So you know, this this stuff is real and happening, and. Uh, Great work is being done to get this stuff out, and the the Thor games are on, so people can start banging on that system. And there's like, uh, like we mentioned, Nine Realms put out like a reward tier sort of thing. So if people find uh, bugs before it pushes fully live, then there's like uh, rewards available, and uh, that's happening now. And then after, sounds like you know maybe uh, maybe a couple rounds, a couple weekly rounds of that, then um, then it's going to be out in the wild. Absolutely. 
So uh, next thing we want to talk about, uh, there's been some awesome integrations by the uh, ThorSwap team this week. They integrated uh, Ledger support for Bitcoin, Doge, Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash, all the UTXO chains on uh, on on ThorSwap, and they also, uh, I believe, just put that um, like Xchain JS uh, library out there so other people can can use it. I believe so that opens up Ledger support for um, for Bitcoin, which has really been a hotly requested uh, feature because a lot of people have their a lot of people don't want to move their Bitcoin to a Keysore wallet or um, you know, something else they want to keep it on their hardware wallets. So, um, having Bitcoin support on Ledger is just absolutely huge. So, congrats to the ThorSwap team for pushing that up. Yeah, that's awesome. It's something we've been waiting for, as you were saying, for a long time. And, and I'm excited to get that code open source so that the rest of the community can pull upon it and integrate Ledger into their other UIs as well. Yeah, really. Also, uh, big liquidity ads as well. Sorry, you can go, Chad. Oh no, that that's cool. I hadn't been watching the the bot on the uh, on the liquidity ads, but I I bet. I mean, of course, like this is what everyone's been waiting for. Like especially you know uh, bigger uh, <laughs> bigger wallets. <laughs> you know, you don't want to have to have your keys just in a hot wallet or key store and stuff like that. And so this has been something that's been so like hotly in demand the entire time. And um, I don't know the complications that went into it. I know it's more complicated than it than it sounds on this one in particular. Like I know other chains have had Ledger already uh, with ThorChain for a while, but now to have the UTXO chains, you know, to to be able to to swap from Bitcoin to well anything else on ThorChain or or either way, and you're only signing a transaction from your Ledger, like that's it. Like there's nothing. Like you're not putting it into some sort of intermediary custodial thing or whatever. Like you're just, it's, it's, it's only, it's only that one signature is pretty epic. And so, yeah, definitely props to the, the ThorSwap devs for, for pushing that out and, and especially for making it public. So now it's something that we'll just be able to see integrating into, you know, any app that is, that is using ThorChain. Yeah. That's one of the things I, I sometimes get from people that are like, Oh, I don't like ThorChain because I have to use, uh, a different wallet than, I, than, I, than my wallet and or like I had to use a, a ThorChain specific wallet like I had to use ThorSwap or something like this and I'm just like no that's never actually the case the only actually requirement as you were saying it's just like being able to sign a Bitcoin transaction and you need to sign it in a very specific way like it's a very um, specific format of how you sign a Bitcoin transaction uh, and how you do like off returns and all this kind of stuff but like the only actual requirement of a network is that you can sign a transaction on the source chain or whatever chain we're talking about and so that they can integrate with any and all wallets across the entire space they just have to, the devs just have of those wallets just have to spend the time to integrate it which is not that hard yeah it's really just like bring your own wallet i mean <laughs> like we're talking about all these different chains so you know if if you're if you're an ethereum guy and you're just wanting you're just metamask only you know <laughs> like you can you can do that as you could yeah uh, absolutely exactly cool yeah so that's a huge one um yeah just exciting to see it finally roll out i know it's it's been it's been a conversation for for quite a long time so yeah let's see what else we got on the update list here um, yeah so I mean, adding um, Bitcoin liquidity with uh, with the ledger um, is is now possible. So you can add it. There, there's room with the caps right now. Um, and Chad, I, I believe there might be another caps raise coming very very soon from uh, from what I hear. So uh, and I guess that that also kind of leads into um, you know abolishing the caps, going into 
to mainnet. So that's kind of, um, well, let's, let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, again, just like what, what's going on with um, the caps as we're heading into mainnet. Yeah. So um, the, the core devs have been feeling kind of more um, um, bullish on the network in a sense, in terms of its security and its reliability and all these kind of things. I mean, it, it's been running really smoothly for quite a while now, knock on wood, uh, which we're very happy about, of course. Um, and, uh, the, now that the, the, um, the amount of room that's bonded to the network is sufficiently high, uh, whereas like in the earlier days, it wasn't that much room. It took time to turn all these people in and turn in more nodes and add more room to the system. Like that was intentionally a, a slow growth process that it was, we wanted to have that slow growth, but now we've gone to the point where we have, you know, a lot of room in, in, on the bond side, of course, more will be added over the next, you know, few months and whatever uh, or years potentially um, but I think it's gotten to that point where like we think we've moved beyond the need to uh, to kind of force the growth of the of the pools to kind of match the growth of the um, of the bond and so now you know we've been adding uh, increasing the uh, the uh, the soft caps uh, about two million room like every Friday and I think maybe today or maybe next week I'm not really sure which one We'll just remove the caps, the soft caps entirely, because at this point, there's about 20 million uh, worth of ruin in the pools, and there's about uh, the caps set to like 24 million or something like this, which is perfect. Like we want to make sure it's not like you don't want those caps to be hit all the time, right? That was only true in the beginning because there was just so um, so few ruin on the bond side that it was easy to hit those caps in a sense. It's not like that much money on the security side. But like you want to kind of sit in an optimal fashion where it's like a two-thirds, one-third, which is exactly where it is today. Like the network is doing exactly what it's designed to do. And the incentive pendulum is doing what it's designed to do to make sure that like people aren't just YOLOing, aping huge quantities of funds into the bonds, uh, the uh, pool side to create an imbalance between the security and the pools and uh, in the pools and then cause the incentive pendulum to kind of take away yield from the LPs and add more yield to the bond to incentivize those bond people to add more room to, to add more security. So it's doing it just as it's designed, which I'm actually kind of excited to see that happening now. So at this point, I'm not really quite sure we even need that soft caps anymore. The hard caps will always be there. There will always be a hard cap on the network that it won't exceed the, the number of rune in the, on the pools will not exceed the number of rune in the bond. That'll always be true. That hard cap will always exist uh, just for security reasons and making sure the economic safety of the, of the funds are always there. But the soft cap, I don't think we really even need it anymore. But we might remove it um, today or it might even happen next week. I'm not really quite sure. Wow, that's huge. Uh, yeah, that'd be exciting to just have it fully off. Obviously, there's always the hard cap. But, uh, you know, like kind of similar to the, uh, the the desire for Ledger for so long, like one of the common uh you know complaints people you you would see around over much of the last you know six or nine months would be like oh i want to add liquidity but i can't and now we're seeing it you know the the bond side is constantly scaling every churn a couple new nodes are coming in the nodes are competing and bonding more rune which allows for more space so like now i think we're i think it's at like 82 percent capacity i was seeing i think yesterday Mm -hmm. uh which is awesome to kind of just seeing it float in this range where you know you can add liquidity if you want to and seeing everything work as pro- as 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 designed for uh kind of the first time i guess right because when the when the artificial caps were so much lower than the when then the hard cap then you're not really seeing the 
elegant incentive pendulum really playing out. Right. But now, now we're starting to see that. Right. Yeah. It's, right now we have 77 nodes in the, um, who are active and we have right now it's another like nine or 10 that are waiting to be kind of churned into the network, adding millions of more, you know, room to the, to the network and like more nodes are just kind of popping up. And as we were, said before, like, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, or it was that like, We've um, kind of struck a deal with some of the investors, the early investors who have a lot of room, who, who haven't had access. It's been like locked room. They haven't had access to it. And so we're going to start giving them access to the room a bit early in uh, a contract to make sure that they're going to they're going to use that room to add rather than like dump it on the market and like cause the price to you know go down or whatever. They're going to, you know, take like a hundred X yield on their investment or whatever the hell that number is. Uh, they're going to like, you know. Uh, build nodes and contribute to the security side and, you know, build that up and, and, and help the network, uh, you know, be more successful. It's been great to see the past couple of weeks, how the, uh, the bonded rune has just re- has really gone up ever since nine realms have, have started really emphasizing um, just increasing the amount of bonded rune and scalability of the network, it, especially that um, like seed investor, uh, like basically relocking into uh, into making nodes. I mean, that's what Rune is for. It's right. not for dumping it on the market or whatever. It's for you know bonding for security to increase the scalability of the network, which is just. I mean, that, that's awesome. Like bond has increased pretty much every single week, like clockwork, and uh, things are looking great with seventy-seven active nodes right now. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna get uh, it's gonna be interesting, especially when we launch uh, Terra like later this month. Uh, this will be the first time we've added a chain where or, um, where uh, there was no caps, and so a bunch of you know lunatics are hopefully going to kind of come in and, and and add a bunch of you know Luna and Rune to the that pool and kind of create a new uh, actually two pools, Luna and UST, uh, and see how that kind of how the network kind of fares in that scenario. Yeah, awesome. Um... Yeah, I guess there's probably nothing really new to report on the Luna integration. I mean, things are things are rolling around now. It's back up on on StageNet, so yeah. uh, sounds like everything is still quite on track for uh, going fully live this month. Yeah, I think things are still on track. The, the problem I think we ran into with, with 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 Terra that we haven't seen before on any of the other chains is that um, in most blockchains, uh, the like the notation of how you represent like a Bitcoin. Is in what they call like one E eight notation. So there's like eight decimal points, which I think is like a hundred million satoshis as, as one Bitcoin. But for Terra, for whatever reason, they chose to do one E six. And this is the first time we've seen something that's like an, a, a gas asset that is less than the standard issue one E eight. And so that caused some kind of like issues or bugs that need to be kind of worked out and, and solved and that kind of stuff. But I, I think we're still on track though to to get this thing out and launch on ChaosNet um, by the end of the month. Awesome. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. I mean, a few days here or there, give or take, doesn't, doesn't matter in the long run. We want it, uh, we want it done right. And seeing, seeing all the good work, uh, some of those, uh, tweets from Pluto are, are cool just to see him, him grinding on, on this integration. So, uh, shout out to Pluto for, for making a lot of this happen. Yeah. He's been doing a good job on, on, the, on stage and getting these new chains. He worked on, you know, Doge, uh, and now Terra, I think he's working on, uh, Gaia next. Uh, and Adam um, and all of he's, he's doing a great job just kind of pumping out new chain integrations like crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, and it sounded like from, I, I remember way back, uh, it was that Adam was expected to be just before uh, Tara. I know that there's kind of a lot of, 
overlap there. So it sounds like once once Terra is rolled out, like Adam should be pretty pretty close behind, uh, right? Yeah, it should be because uh, they're both Cosmos chains, and so the the code is almost identical between the two of them. It's just a matter of just like building the uh, smoke test, integration tests, uh, the infrastructure of like running a you know a, a Gaia daemon within the infrastructure of a Thor node. A uh, little testing and all that kind of stuff. Like it should be relatively quick uh, to, to edit. That's huge, yeah. And then you mentioned uh, kind of on the same lines of that, like the since to go IBC. Um, you know, like hopefully that's something that doesn't come too long after after since going live. So yeah. a lot kind of happening in the in the Cosmos Terra IBC world in the relatively. Uh, immediate future. Yeah, that's why I recently reached, reached out to Jack over the IDC team, and I'm trying to trying to like start that conversation and, and um, try to get that try to start moving on on the IDC stuff, and so we can start beaming out these synthetics and the rune asset to you know Osmosis and Terra and you know uh, Gaia and whatever else out there. Awesome. Uh, last thing I want to last thing on the agenda for today before we can open up to some questions. Um, so I want to talk about some integrations that we've been seeing with Thorchain the past couple of weeks. I think in the, in the past two weeks we've seen um, we, we've seen swaps to uh, like from Bitcoin to Terra using Rango Exchange, mm-hmm. uh, which, which uses Thorchain obviously on the on the back end to facilitate the swaps. And then uh, I saw there was a Thorchain integration with Liquality. Uh, wallet just a few days ago, so I'm gonna pin those tweets up here. And that's really exciting that all these wallets are integrating uh, Thorchain and using it in the back end, like as it's meant to do. Yes. And also, uh, there's Cake Wallet here in the uh, in the space. Uh, I mean, they're not speaking or anything like that. But if they'd like to come up at some, at, at not maybe not today, but um, you know, at any point in the future, because I believe they're working on the uh, Monero integration. Or uh, you know, I'm sure they'll also be using Thorchain in the back end of their <laughs> of their app. So hey, what's up, Gigwallet? <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. So like, um, like how we were saying before, how like uh, the room r- the room uh, asset gets you know price uh, um, accumulation when the when people start using it without them even knowing it. Whether you're like just you know earning Bitcoin on your Bitcoin or whatever, and the same thing with these Rango and liquidity and you know, all these things like they. That Thorchain will become this, this kind of like invisible thing that everybody starts using all the time, um, just because it's it's for right now it's actually the only way you can actually move across chains in a decentralized way, um, which is pretty fascinating. And so, like I think this year is we're going to see a lot more. You know, Ringo and Liquid is great, and Cakewall as well. Uh, Trustwall I think is working on that. Um, I'm trying to reach out to One Inch. If anybody out there has some connections over at One Inch, I'm, I'm like trying to pull on my you know circles of, of friends or whatever. Trying to make a, a contact introduction to the team over at One Inch. If anybody listening knows somebody over there, uh, the One Inch team, they can wouldn't mind like introducing me to to, to them. Uh, you know, send me a DM or whatever, and, and like connect me, please, because I'm trying to talk to those people. So this year, like that's one of my personal goals, and I'm working with the Nine Realms team and as well as others to like start contacting, reaching out to. Where right now we're talking like you know Badger DAO, for example, you know who's trying to bring Bitcoin to Ethereum, and what if they could support like native Bitcoin? I mean, that would be pretty good for them, right? So we're talking to Badger DAO, we're talking to all these things, and I'm gonna start just start talking up a, a storm to all these different wallets and indexes and all these things just to integrate with more and more and more things. Yeah, seeing the uh, the attention 
to Rango is, is such a huge validation, especially for what's to come because, um, you know, some of those screenshots that I, I saw that were like getting a lot of attention and, and it's great even where it's at, but it was going from like Bitcoin to, I believe it was to, I think one of the screenshots I saw was to like an IBC asset and it was like Bitcoin to Ethereum, Ethereum to Terra bridge, uh, you know, then Terra to osmosis, it was like all these steps and, you know, the full, the total gas fees were like 200 something plus dollars. And, um, and also that you have to sign every transaction on, on, on that step. And it's like, then you, you, you see that that's already exciting. And then you think about, okay, what's the next step? Well, the next step is that that entire Ethereum chunk is about to be wiped out in the next couple of weeks. So meaning your, your total gas to do that, that trend, that, that route is going to go from like $220 to like $2. And then right. on top of that, with like, with like the aggregation stuff coming, uh, it, it'll also be like a single transaction to sign rather than, you know, routing through all these other steps that you have to sign transactions. And then if something gets, if something goes wrong midway, then you have some asset in the middle that you like, you you didn't end up where you were trying to go or something like that. So it, it's really bullish to, to see like the, the excitement that that's getting. And then to think like, wow, it's going to be, it's going to be 10 X better, uh, pretty soon. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm super excited about that too. Like that's going to be once people realize how that's happening and how valuable that is and how that just kind of changes the game. I mean, people, people use Binance smart chain, even though it's completely centralized, just because it's got cheap fees. Right. So if you want to, like you, as you were saying, move from Bitcoin to, you know, uh, UST, you now have a mechanism to do that without going through, you know, three or four different steps, signing transactions along the way and spending, as you said, like 200 bucks to do so. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and, and and just more on the like the nature of Thorchain to be invisible, like seeing the liquidity wallet putting it in, um, seems very similar to like uh, what we've seen roll out already with XDFi, and it's just it makes it makes like navigating all these different islands so much simpler when it can just be potentially in one wallet, or or when you start to see an app that's going to have a, like a Thorchain swap just enabled on the on the app side and then you don't have to you know do all your own uh bridging and whatnot just to be able to use some app on a different ecosystem if you can just have it done right in your wallet or or right on the app um just massive and then kind of ties back with like what we were saying earlier is it's like again that's a thing where people don't even have to know they're using thorchain they don't even have to know what thorchain is but they uh very likely (laughs) will be will be using it on the back end yeah, and when they do so, they, they they always drive value to the rune asset. They increase the trade volume of the rune token, for example, or or whatever. Like it always. I mean, that's how the network is designed. That everything you know accrues value back to its core base asset. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like that'll you know that'll just increase the rewards in say the the Luna rune or the UST rune pools. And then that, you know, incentivizes more liquidity to come in. And then that more liquidity drives more rune value capture. And then that means, and then that means the rune price goes up, which means the bond value has gone up, which means more liquidity space can be allowed. Uh, there's just, uh, it's wild. Yeah, that's why they call it a black hole, right? It's just this, exactly. it's a flywheel. <laughs> it also enables the businesses of, of the wallets. Like for, for example, like, uh, like a cake wallet integration, um, you know, it, you could just swap right on your app. So users that are already using Cake Wallet can just 
uh, swap from one asset to another Monero whenever whenever it's integrated. And it also enables revenue to go back to the wallets who um, who implement it. And they don't have to you know source their own liquidity and uh, you know provide for security and all these things. They can just tap into Thorchain on the back end and uh, create a better user experience for. Uh, the people who are using their app, and also uh, as another revenue source for um, for the developers, and uh, less less time that needs to go into actually integrating um, all these features. You can just you can just use Thorchain's already baked in um, you know swaps and, and liquidity to provide that directly to your users without them ever even knowing that they're you know uh, using Thorchain or uh, giving more more value to uh, to Rune. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, question on that. I'm I'm curious about uh, considering I'm not a dev. Um, like, say say you had you know say you were like a Terra app and you kind of specialized in one specific thing and and you wanted to integrate uh, like the ability to connect any any of these other chain wallets and do the Thor chain <clears throat> do the Thor chain swap and collect on that fee like. Uh, how simple is that for like somebody that's only familiar with their ecosystem um, to, to integrate with something like that? Like, is it pretty straightforward? Um, well, so when you're using an, uh, an aggregator, like I think that's what you're referring to, um, you, you're swapping from, let's say you're swapping from Bitcoin into uh, UST, for example. Um, you have to send the UST to, to some address first and then take the UST and then put it into a contract. You don't want to send it directly to the UST um, per, per se because it wouldn't be associated with your with your identity or your wallet of any kind. So uh, aggregators will probably work in, in that sense of like getting you from point A to point B, uh, but putting them directly into some other thing might be... Um, I mean, it's possible to do. We, we can actually add support for that, I suppose, actually. Uh, I guess what I mean is like, like, like hypothetically, like obviously just this is not a real thing, but like let's say OpenSea wanted to accept Bitcoin. Like to, to, for them to just like enable you to pay with Bitcoin and then collect on the swap, like is that it, like to integrate just like the swap feature oh, and, yeah. and take the affiliate fee? Yeah. Like that pretty... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you can totally do. Uh, in fact, we, listen, we want to expand that feature of the affiliate fee feature where you can actually choose right now. It just like it collects whatever your fee is in Rune. And then, and then whenever you, you can just go ahead and like it just sends the Rune to your wallet and then you can sell it into something else or do whatever you want with it. But I think the intention actually is to make a change to that where you can actually select which asset you want to acquire in an affiliate fee transaction. And you can say, oh, I want to acquire UST or something like this. And the network will, um, in order to save on, on fees and gases and this kind of stuff, it'll like accrue it in room for a period of time. And then once it gets to a certain like amount of dollars relative to the gas fee of the asset that you're sending to. And so USD is, you know, is pretty cheap for the most part. So it wouldn't be that much, but like once it's like 10 times or 20 times, hundred times, whatever the number it's going to be, it would just like, Oh, I have all this room. So autonomously swap it into USD and send it to the US, you know, the terror address, whatever it is. Um, but that's very easy to do because I'll, the only thing you need to do to, to actually use those affiliate fees is just um, customize the the memo of the transaction, which is just like add some text at the end of it, which is, I don't know how you can make it any simpler than that. Very cool. <clears throat> yeah, I love this angle of it, you know, Thorchain being uh, like a value add to any other product. And 
just th- they get to expand their their on ramp, and they also get a new revenue stream. Right. So it, it's, it's it's kind of funny. Like uh, um, the Thor team, Thorstar team, and their Thor token, they have this really interesting concept of at the, at some point they're going to implement affiliate fees on their swaps and their UI. And then uh, once we had this, that new feature I was just talking about, it would, would collect rune and then it would swap that rune into the Thor token using the, you know, the, that, the Thor chain network itself and then send the Thor tokens into their smart contract, which you lock up your Thor to get some like, you know, vault Thor or locked up Thor. And then you just own a percentage of that, um, of that Thor pool, right? And so as more Thor tokens are just thrown into the, the, con- the contract, Everybody just can like be a part of earning yield on the UI of uh, of Thorsoft, not just the manufacturers or the developers of it, but like anybody who wants to who's bullish on Thorsoft can like acquire the token, lock it up into this smart contract. It's not available quite yet, but it will, I think it will be eventually, and be able to like earn yield on every swap that's going through the Thorsoft UI, which is pretty fascinating. Uh, what I'd like to do is just just let everyone know that. Uh, we're open for questions. You can come up on stage. Uh, you can just hit the, you need to be on, on mobile to do this, but you can hit the button to uh, raise your hand and request to speak. And uh, we'll let you up on stage. You can ask, uh, you know, Chad B, any of your questions about about ThorChain or if there's any anyone from any ecosystem projects here that would like to provide updates on, on what they're building or, or like any, any project, if you want to come up and just, you know, say what it is um, that you're building and how it relates to what, uh, what we're doing. Um, you know, this, this is the time and, and place to do it. So. Uh, hit that request to speak button and let's get some people well, up here to ask some questions about what we're while doing. While people are, are thinking of questions or whatever, uh, I have a question for you, um, familiar cow. Uh, so yeah, where's the, I want my, my Thor uh, hammer. I know you're working with a blacksmith to get one done. I'm excited to get, <laughs> I want a Thor hammer, like a nice iron fucking heavy ass shit thing in my hand. That's just going to be bother as hell. <laughs> I have it right here. I'm looking. Ah, if, if you want it, let me know. I'll, I'll give it to I'm you. Come, you're you're you're, uh, you're in New Jersey, I think, right? I'm gonna drive over there. And yeah, get yeah. It from <laughs> yeah, I got you. <laughs> That's epic. Yeah, as we wait for for anyone to to ask questions and um and also by the way, like feel free even even simple questions. Like we can get into just like you know fundamental stuff of because i know a lot of times we're in the weeds here but uh you know feel free to ask anything on your mind um but yeah as we wait for some questions i also uh back on on veneer threads uh familiar cows project i, I just got my thor force ones in uh i just picked them up like yesterday and holy shit like in person <laughs> so much cooler like they're so cool in person yeah. Um, so you guys gotta, gotta check out what familiar cow is doing is like physical real life, uh, Nike air force ones converted into Thor chain, Thor force ones, like hand done, customized, uh, like the Nike swoosh split into the lightning bolt glows in the dark. It's absolutely wild. Like, I think my favorite, um, like, and you get like randomized attributes like that are physical on the shoe. And I think my favorite was that I minted like the, uh, like the, it's the Dubre. I didn't really know what that was, but familiar cow is a, is a, a shoe nerd. Uh, but it's like the thing at the front of the toe box, like where the laces kind of come together. And, and I got like the gold ones that say one says BTC and one says rune and it's like etched into the metal. 
it's it's so sick like looking at just like the gold rune uh tag is so really really cool so great job with what you're doing yeah. with those i love i have a pair of those myself it's actually in my office like staring me on the face on my shelf and uh i i love those things those things are just baller as fuck yeah that's my but, debate right now it's like do i do i wear them or do i just like you I know put them I, on I, a I'm shelf too, i'm too scared <laughs> like i like them so much i'm scared to wear them like i don't want to mess them up yeah, I guess we got a mint second pairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, guy. I mean, I, I appreciate the, I, I appreciate it. I mean, it's all done for for the Thorchain community because uh, I think what what's being built here is is pretty special. So, I mean, if anyone uh, is interested in, in minting, it's it's available to, to mint right now on Thorchad's DAO. Uh, so, look up Thorforce One Veneer Threads or go on Thorchad's DAO and you'll see it there. We have two people up for questions right now. Uh, first up is uh, Zab. Zab, what's up, man? Hey guys, how you doing? Good. Good, good. So uh, my question is in regard to Haven uh, and uh, Chad. If uh, uh, I, I heard you mention Jersey, somebody was over in Jersey. Uh, if you can give me some good news on Haven or, or just some cool updates, I will personally drive a hammer over to you and <laughs> drop it off at your front door. So uh, yeah, I'll make it a gold hammer. My family's got a jewelry business. Let's let's make this happen. So appreciate yeah, you guys. Get in touch with me. Get, 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 <laughs> yeah, you can be a part of the new threads over here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so the Haven team has been worth working with the the core dev of Thorchain for for quite some time, trying to get uh, Haven and also Monero uh, integrated. The problem is, is that those two that the, the network needs to understand what's happening on the external chain to know that some transaction occurred and how much funds are here, blah blah, blah all that stuff. And because of the ring signature design of Monero and Haven, that creates a lot of complexity and difficulty to for for the network to determine what the state is on a chain that where all the you know transactions are private, it creates more uh, more difficulty in that sense. And so I think we I think we do have a design. I think that fundamentally does work, but the negative is that it, it doesn't have the full feature set of every other chain. Like for example, you wouldn't be able to uh, add liquidity just Monero or just Haven. You would always need to contribute Rune. You, could, you always need to do a symmetric add. Uh, you can do an asymmetric ad just on the rune side, but you can't do asymmetric ad just on the haven side, and th that's because of some you know complexities around like observing that a transaction actually was sent and who who that actually address was sent from. Like that's the hard part. We can figure out that we received you know you know ten Monero or whatever ten haven, but we don't know who sent it, and that's kind of a, a problem because that person is going to want to come back later and say. I, I withdraw my Haven. I withdraw my Monero, but they, they can't do it because the network doesn't know that they are the ones that actually contributed in, in the beginning. And so that created all this complexity, like, oh, how do we solve this issue? And so uh, it's something that's still being worked on. And I'm I'm still bullish on the idea of like getting uh, Haven and Monero and, and other uh, maybe secret network, maybe Zcash. Like these things are all being kind of worked on. Actually, I don't think secret networks are worked on yet, but it will be. Um, it's Cosmos space, so it should be relatively easy once you get Gaia going. But um, I, I mean, I'm you know bullish on getting all these things integrated and having all these privacy functionalities being available to uh, not their individual chains, but also every other chain can, can can utilize the privacy on Secret Network or Haven on the on a Bitcoin network in some sense. That's actually quite valuable. Yeah, I had heard the um, the the last two pieces I had heard in discussion or or you know through tweet conversations, things like that was one of the options was, I guess it would, what you were speaking to single-sided, uh, liquidity. Uh, uh, and I think that's what you were just talking about. And then also it was the memo size, uh, was a bit of an issue. 
but I thought that they had gotten around that somehow or yeah, something so along the lines. For Haven, it's not an issue because I think Haven has 250-byte memo maximums, which is more than what we need. And that's actually the, the max memo size, coincidentally, within ThorChain itself, like I, that it allows uh, just to secure itself from uh, a, 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 um, a dust attack of kinds or a thrashing attack. But anyways... Um, yeah, but Monero is still a problem because Monero is like a 16-byte maximum, which, you know, you can't fit jack shit in there. And we, we created Thor names as a mechanism to shorten, like, addresses because a Monero address is like 97 bytes, like the actual address or Monero address, uh, even address is like 97 bytes. Uh, and a Bitcoin memo upper turn is 80 bytes maximum. So that creates a problem. Like, you can't swap from Bitcoin to Monero directly because the Bitcoin uh, you know, um, blockchain doesn't allow enough data to be put into that memo to, to fit it. And that's why we created Thor names. So you can create an alias to your Monero address. That's like, you know, five characters or something very, very small, and then be able to swap in a, in a single transaction without needing to interact with the room uh, network or, or the root asset at all. Um, so it's still possible though, but the, the way you have to do that is what we call like uh, swap receipts. And so, you would create a, be a new transaction type on ThorChain where you say, here's my transaction intent. I'm going to send in Bitcoin and I want it to become, you know, um, to become XMR. And here's my swap limit. Here's my affiliate fee information, blah, 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 like all this kind of details. And then it would just give you like a short little, like, you know, 16 byte, um, like representation of that kind of intent. And so then you put that in your memo on Monero of like, oh, here's a 16-byte reference to a to like a uh, a more detailed ex- explanation of what my transaction intent is, and then that would allow you to swap from Monero to Bitcoin, even though you only have a 16-byte memo, right? Which is pretty restrictive. And we've talked to the mayor team about like expanding that out from 16 bytes to something, you know, um, more reasonable, but they're very much against that, uh, and, and fundamentally so. Appreciate the updates. Thank you. Uh, let me know where you want your hammer delivered. I'll throw in a grill as well. Thanks, guys. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Zeb. Uh, Tara D. Jen. What's up, man? Zero XN, zero, zero. Yes. Can you hear me? Yep, there you are. <laughs> Hi, guys. Um, I had one a short question. Basically, I was listening to one of your ch- uh, Chad's interviews recently about the upgrades on... Uh, on Torchain, and you mentioned how uh, there, if I understood well, uh, you said that a Tor team is collaborating maybe on the tokenomics or something with uh, Delphi Digital, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that uh, you are trying to find out how and what are the options for the fixed yield on the stable coins possible for UST maybe that um, Torchain can provide mm-hmm. in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I believe that like the whole background story about it is related to since mm-hmm. maybe. So if you can maybe touch a bit on this topic because I'm still trying to wrap my head around the since and how they can be used in the DeFi, in the Cosmos ecosystem, and and maybe like, is there any like a, a background 
at the moment collaboration with Delphi Digital, maybe for this Mars bank, where you can use maybe synths as a collateral for the, or any kind of uncollateral loans that they are uh, planning to give. Thanks. Sam. Yeah, no worries. So uh, the Delphi Digital collab was, wasn't so much a collab, it was more of like, um, we wanted to float by them some of the designs of Thorify to, to get their viewpoint on, you know, is it good, is it bad, is it flawed, is it perfect, like whatever. Um, and we did the same thing with Multicoin. And so for that version of the Thorify, which is, I think it was like, I think that was like V3, I think, V2 maybe, um, Delphi didn't like it. They were, they thought that it wouldn't be economically sound in that case. Multicoin thought otherwise when we talked, when we showed that design to them. Um, and I think it would help me to realize actually is that, is that I still think it's actually um, economically sound, but I recognize after talking to the, to the Delphi people that it's so, um, it's so like almost like a crazy notion that it takes so long for your brain to kind of like get to that point in a sense. And so like it would have been hard to convince the community of its economic merits because it's so far away from like everything else we understand in the DeFi space. And it just, there's so many hops your brain has to take to get to that place. And for a lot of people that might be, you know, a couple of hops too many in a, in a matter of speaking. And so the newer design that we have using in the V4 and V5 design it still has that same kind of general concept, but it, it kind of ramps it down quite significantly to make it a lot easier for people's, you know, brains to wrap around it and why it's economically safe. Uh, so, like for example, um, um, the, the the lending platform that we have currently kind of thinking about is that it makes an assumption about the price of the assets into the future, which no other lending protocol does this at all. And the assumption that it makes is that that Bitcoin and Rune and Ethereum and these kind of blue chip assets will always outperform the dollar in the long term, like in the three to five year kind of time frame. And throughout history, that's always been true. Like it's never been a moment when that's not been true. Like if you had bought Bitcoin at any point in time with the dollar, you would always be up, you know, um, within the, at the at the minimum the three uh, uh, at the maximum rather uh, th three years. And so the network can make that kind of a thing, that statement of saying, like, we always know these assets are always going to outperform the dollar because literally everything on the fucking planet, except for other shittier fiats, outperform. Like, I have a, a, a can of Coke on my desk right here. I can teleport five years into the future and, and sell it for more dollars than I bought it for in, in, in this time frame because the dollar is always inflating. Right now, it's actually seven and a half percent, which is like, an, like a 40 year high. In, in America's history. And so because it, it can do that, we can make that assumption that, that the assets will outperform a dollar and therefore we can allow it to be under collateralized. And while it's under collateralized, it's generates massive yield for the network and for the, for the, um, for the POL and all those kind of things. So that's like, it's a, it's kind of a weird concept that like nobody's ever done before in the space. And it takes some study and, and thinking and consideration to understand why this assumption is a safe assumption. And so we, we changed it to be the, specifically on the U.S. dollar because it's easier for people to cognitively, uh, cognitively grasp in a sense. I think I answered your question, but I'm not sure if I did. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thanks. And uh, any, any, any. So there is no like current collaboration. This is this was everything that you were talking is 
discussion from the from the past, right? Yeah, so that, it wasn't a collaboration in designing something with us. It was more of like, hey, we designed this thing. Give it a look. Yes, give yes. Give us your thoughts. What's good about it? What's bad about it? And then what's cool? And so we wanted to, to float these with like people who think about economics a lot, which like Delphi does one of those, like Multicoin does things about economics a lot. And so we wanted to pull upon those relationships and those those kind of giga brains to, to just to check us and make sure we're, we're not missing something or whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Thanks. And uh, the question regarding the, like any exam, I mean, I'm really trying to see how SINs can fit into um, possibly finance of other chains, for example, Terra. Yeah. Is there any kind of like, practical example that you can give of how is that um, possible like can yeah i mean anything <laughs> yeah sure so like when you mint a synthetic on thorchain but providing um a, a layer one asset like bitcoin for example and you mint a synthetic bitcoin it's now a you know a cosmos asset right on living on the thorchain uh blockchain and so then you can use uh ibc to to, to kind of beam that um that uh, the synthetic asset to a, another chain. An example chain might be Injective, for example. And Injective is a derivatives exchange uh, blockchain on both on Cosmos. Or it doesn't have to be Cosmos, technically. It can, it, it can be, you know, Polkadot. It can be, uh, technically, even, even Ethereum is actually possible. Uh, it doesn't really matter. You can actually create an IBC bridge to Ethereum in some sense. And so it's possible to do it almost at any EVM chain, but the most easy and readily available and out of the box examples would be Injective and you know, you know some smart contract on um, on Terra or whatever that utilizes the asset to, to do trading or build another form of an AMM maybe or uh, who knows what. Awesome, thank you. Uh, next we have uh, Douglas from the Monero community. Hey, good morning. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, I'm just trying to hound you guys down, trying to see if I could get somebody from your team to come to the Monerotopia event we're throwing on April 7th in Miami to come talk about the integration that you guys were just talking about with Monero and Haven. Yeah, uh, that's April 7th, you said, in, in Miami? Yeah, it's actually at the same time that the big Bitcoin conference is going on, and it's... Uh, walking distance from there oh yeah uh, but it's going to be on april 7th and we would love to have you we have haven is going to be participating yeah uh and we'd love to have you guys as well yeah i, I i'm going to try to figure out if i'm going to go to that i was actually partially planning that i was going to go to the bitcoin event like part of the i was saying earlier in the conversation but in the very beginning about um i'm in talks with um bitcoin magazine to maybe maybe be a speaker uh at that conference possibly um and so if that if i am going to especially uh, happy to like just do like a like a dinner or or I don't know what like we can we can chat and figure something out. But I'm happy to, to kind of engage with the Monero community. Of course, I mean I'm fans of the Monero, Monero community and I'm fans of the of the XMark asset and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, absolutely. Awesome, man. I'll send you a DM. Cool. Please do. Cool. We got Nervin up here as well. Hey guys. Hey. Um, so question for Chad. First thing, Chad, is uh, I just heard that you guys are going to um, remove the soft cap soon. Do you uh, imagine like us hitting uh, scale limitations in the future as well? Like, you know, a lot of people want to LP, but uh, the hard caps are, are reached. Uh, how do you think like uh, that progression is going to go? Because, you know, we hear those comments about uh, the caps are false, etc. And 
even after the soft cap is removed, there is still the hard cap. So uh, what are some ways to mitigate that? And I have another question as well, but I just want to ask that first and just get your answer. Yeah, sure. So the way that's mitigated in the network is that it uses the incentive pendulum. So if they, if it theoretically happened, you know, say tomorrow the hard caps were hit, we removed the soft caps and then uh, we added the Terra chain and then like all, you know, those pools became incredibly deep, very fast or whatever. Um, that would mean that the, that the, the LPs would earn very basically zero yield on their positions, right? And all the yield, all the swaps in the yield that the network generates from those trades and the, and the block rewards and all that kind of stuff would like 100% be pushed over to the nodes. And the nodes would be like, you're now earning bank, like crazy amounts of money. Uh, it's now more profitable and therefore, you know, um, and you're incentivized to add more room to, to your to your node or create another node or have new nodes, you know, pop up out of nowhere. Like that just creates an economic uh, incentive to like for them to like add more room on the on the left side of that kind of um, uh, kind of equation in a sense. But also, the, what's naturally going to happen is people who are earning you know zero percent yield on, on their you know UST room uh, you know uh, liquidity add, they're probably not going to stay there. They're probably going to you know withdraw their their liquidity and and kind of leave the system, which in turn would cause the the yield to go up for the other LPs who stayed in that system. So naturally, what's going to happen is like it's it's a capitalistic market kind of figuring out for themselves of like, well, I'll stay in the pools if I'm earning you know X amount of yield, but I'm not going to stay in the pools if I'm earning you know Y amount of yield. That's too low for me, so I'm going to leave. And so that just naturally just is going to create like a, a, a kind of a a balance between the, the the left side of the bond and the right side of the pools, as I see it in my brain. Uh, and so it will just kind of like steady itself out, or just kind of uh, move back and forth like waves in a in an ocean, just kind of like going up and going down is kind of like balancing each other out all the time. Yeah. I think that process probably could be uh, even better if there was a way for like, you know, retail to have a pendulum switch between, okay, I'm not earning that much yield on the LP side. Maybe I'll just know it. Maybe with the light, light, light notes, that'll be more feasible, but uh, I see your point. Um, but then like, you know, if there is, a lot of rewards on, on the node side, but then there's like a minimum requirement of, of 1 million nodes, then that's just creates a huge barrier, right? So uh, maybe anything that we could do to reduce that barrier might actually help with its incentive. Right. More. So the, the incentive pendulum, it, its effectiveness to do its job depends upon the amount of friction that it takes to move from one side to the other, right? In terms of how much time right. it takes and how much, yeah. you know, capital and technical requirement, technical knowledge, all these kind of things. And in the like yield sense, like even though if, a, if everybody starts earning zero percent yield on the LPs, people may not notice that like you know in the first minute. Maybe it'll take them a day or two days or three days or whatever the hell the number is for them to start to kind of realize what's happening and maybe make a choice to leave or or withdraw their funds, or whatever. And so you want that to be like a much as, as free flowing and as fast correcting as possible. And the part of the design of light nodes uh, that we're you know going to be working on this year. Uh, is the idea that you can just take, you can just move your your like your 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 value, your capital from the pool side, swap it and like remove it as LPs, swapping it as a single asset of just rune, move the rune over to a light node, and then you know five seconds later, you know move the the rune from the light node back over to adding it back to one of the pools on the on the pool side. And having that kind of like single transaction act thing you can do, and you can correct your position within five seconds, 
uh, and move your, your room from one side to the other will just make the intent of angle much more effective to, to be much more real time and its, and its ability to correct the, the ratio between the pools and the, and the bond. Maybe there's a, yeah, that reminds me of maybe there's a good opportunity to maybe also have like yield aggregators that like YFI, you know, just handle that. We would just submit Rune to this field aggregator and they'll do the, you know, the balancing and stuff like that. And I just care about the yield, right? So yeah, some, maybe that could also. Somebody yeah. could write a bot, you know, somewhere, somehow that does this, which is not terribly different than what an arbitrage bot does to some degree. It just arbitrage in a slightly different way rather than correcting pool prices, it's correcting income uh, yield, uh, how yield functions. And so, you know, you need to figure that out about uh, what the fees are going to be associated when you move from one side to the other and you worry about, you know, uh, impermanent loss because if you decide to add liquidity in the pool side and you don't stay in for those 100 days and you move to the bond side, you may not, you might experience a little bit of impermanent loss at that point and the network wouldn't cover you in that circumstance or scenario potentially. So that needs to be kind of covered in your calculus of like, okay, when do I move my position from the left side of the equation to the right side of the equation, right? Like that has to be kind of all kind of calculated and, and you know, and formulate some sort of like risk profile in that context. So that's, somebody's going to write that code. It won't be me because I'm going to be busy doing other things, but somebody else is going to be writing some sort of bot that does that. And hopefully they make it open source for everybody to kind of participate and you know, take advantage of that. And that, that'd be great. It'd be doing a, a service to this project. Right. And the second question is a little more fun. Uh, feel free to not answer it, but what, what do you think is a, like, what's your guess, best guess on what will be the non-room TVL at the end of this year? Will be the non-room TDL. Oh gosh, um, I always try to avoid these types of questions because I don't want to get into. Um, I don't want to be in your bags. Or yeah, stuff. I don't want to be seen as somebody who's trying to shield my bags or like you know. I always want whenever I would try to sell people on Rune or sell people on like Thorchain, I never do it just saying like, oh, the, the TDL is going to be ten billion dollars and the room price is going to be a thousand. <laughs> mega dollars or something like this. I always try to sell them on the value proposition. I always talk about here's what the value that is actually contributing to the world and get people to buy it on that pretenses rather than like promising that it has, that it's going to go to a, you know, to the moon or whatever. Um, you, and, and not to mention that if I were to do that, there'd probably be a legal issue with that. I think it might be, um, I might get in some trouble with the SEC potentially. So I always talk about the, I never talk about what the TDL is going to be, or what the price is going to be, or any of these things. Like, to be honest, I don't even really fucking know. <laughs> I hope that it's, that's good, but I actually have no real, I, no real sense of that. And I can't speak with any kind of sense of, uh, of reality in that regard. So what I can speak about in, re in reality and feel very confident about is the value proposition and how we're changing the space completely. Uh, and that I will talk all day about and, and, and go on podcasts and, uh, Bitcoin conferences and whatever else and, and talk from that perspective. Great answer. All right. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yep. Thanks for asking the question. Is there anyone else that would like to come on and ask any questions in the chat? We, we do these every week as well. So uh, there's plenty of opportunities to ask questions to a chat or any of the Nine Realms folks that are developing, uh, you know, things on the protocol to ask questions to the core devs. So, uh, I'll just give it another minute here. We'll see if anyone has any questions. Yeah, I mean, if you think of a question like during the week or whatever, you can. I mean, you can always try to tweet out at me, and, and and maybe I'll see your tweet. I don't always pay 
close attention to Twitter. Uh, um, just because I'm focusing on uh, delivering code and ship, shipping code. But if you, if, you, if you have a question, you want to come on to the, to the weekly update here on Friday, like every Friday, come on up, ask your question, I have to answer it. Yep, Chad, Chad's a builder right up until he gets to the uh, Monero Conference, Miami. <laughs> if we don't ship, ship uh, you know, features, we all can, bl- can blame Douglas. Douglas has ruined ThorChain, everybody. <laughs> we all hate Douglas now. <laughs> yeah, K coefficient. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, hey, Chad. I, I, I was just wondering if you can or cannot discuss uh, or even maybe you don't do or don't know uh, status on POL. Um, yep. And, and where where is where that where those funds come from and kind of the roadmap of where you'd like to see that go or you know just yeah uh, i think you have some doge at this point and (laughs) probably some bitcoin and ethereum but i i really don't know yeah so the the pol is it's still kind of in its planning phase i actually opened up a pr to add the pol into the code base um a month ago or two months ago whatever it was uh, in, a, in a one particular design implementation of how that functions, um, I, we didn't deploy it or make it into like a, a real thing quite yet because we wanted to make sure that like ThorFi is kind of solidified and we have uh, a, a plan planned before we kind of we didn't want to launch the POL and then realize we we wanted to change how the POL works so that it could better you know benefit the the other ThorFi features, um, but. The current thinking is that the POL would effectively have two sources of income and then one expense. And so that would be is uh, the first source of income is that it just takes um, 10% of the network yield off the top. Like of all LPs and nodes, just takes 10%. And so it's constantly just adding more and more uh, assets to the POL. And those assets are being uh, used to, to, to deepen the pools commonly uh, or, or what have you. The second source of income is that the lending that people are doing, um, the lenders uh, provide a collateral uh, and they get that collateral back. In fact, that, that's why it's considered to be a part because a zero interest loan is because uh, the network profits from the yield of the collateral while the collateral is kind of sitting there in limbo for over a period of time that that's sitting there in limbo. And so that also you know, generates yield towards the POL. Now, I think it's even compounding yield because the um, just basically the number of LP units that it has is just like constantly increasing, more or less, um, from from a the PWALS perspective. And then the one expense it has to it is that's the PWALS is effectively what's going to be paying out, um, well, in, at least in part, not entirely the PWALS. In part, it's paying paying out the uh, Thor savings, that fixed rate interest that people have for on their Bitcoin or their Luna or whatever. Uh, in part, is is paid paid by the PWALS. Uh, in a sense, and so yeah, that, that's that's it in a nutshell. Uh, how it functions from a high level perspective, but there's still more details to be kind of ironed out, and we probably won't deploy it into the network until ThorFi is more more or less agreed upon, and the communities kind of has support behind this particular design, and everybody kind of thinks this is a good way for the project to move forward, and then we code it and deploy it, and you know, feature flag it on, and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's just a lot of, probably a lot of confusion around it and how it actually 
supplements yields for LPs versus, um, you know, well, so decreasing yield. But and, so the POL, you know, what, any, where we're at with that and everything. Any so. POL that I've seen thus far, none of them contribute to to LPs. None of them do. They're, technically, they're almost always taking away from LPs, even though like Ohm's design, right? Like it's, yes. it's all taking away from LPs. And they do that on purpose because the problem with LPs is that they're humans and they can, they can get fud and scared and they can withdraw their liquidity in a, in a bear market and the, the pool has become very, very shallow at that point. That, that's the kind of problem that the PUL is trying to solve, right? Or at least from Ohm's originally, uh, original perspective. And so we're doing the same thing of like we're kind of have this PL that's constantly just adding more liquidity to the pools, just continuously just contributing back to the network and increasing the the um, the the pool depths. But also the um, the lending. This is one of the, like, the great things with the lending design is that in the scenario where the collateral goes beneath the debt, and you say you have a hundred dollars of, of debt and the collateral, you know, of your ETH collateral went down to thirty dollars, let's say hypothetically speaking. Like you're not going to spend a hundred dollars to buy the thirty dollars of ETH because that makes no fucking sense whatsoever. But that's really good for the network because that means that there's, there's collateral that the network has that will never be withdrawn from the network. Even though a person could withdraw it, you might want to withdraw it, right? But you never would because you would lose a bunch of money if you did it, which is actually positive. Yeah, that would be really dumb. That would be really dumb. Really dumb. Which is great because in a bear in a bear market. That would mean that everybody who provided like collateral into the system, their collateral is worth less than their debt, and none of them are going to take their collateral back. Which means that in a bear market, we have the POL is actually empowered by the by the lending protocol, which is like fascinating as fuck to think about. And so, like, it keeps the the pool depths you know relatively deep, and even in a bear market, which is like mind-bogglingly amazing, right? Without actually needing to raise huge amounts of money through. You know, in Ohm's case, they do a they sell bonds at a ten percent discount, whatever. We don't need to do that. We actually the lenders play that role for us. And so when the when, yeah. when the value of that collateral goes above the debt, you know, after we get out of the bear market three or four or five years later, where the hell it is, then the, that collateral has been earning yield for like four or five years, generating huge amounts. Like you know, they put in a hundred dollars. We actually the network actually gained like three four hundred dollars in yield this entire time, which is just like amazing for the network. And the PL is now super fucking deep as shit. Because it's been generating massive amount of yield and this massive amount of uh, of of, of uh, liquidity for over like a long period of time, so that's all very 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 positive for the network perspective. It's fascinating. It's how I think about. It. Yeah, that's. Let's fucking go. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> the <fucking> G, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, man. If you guys can, if you guys can, uh, you know, you know, put that down on. Uh, paper in a simplistic way i think you know a lot of it has to do with rune is the base asset settlement asset right i mean that's the that's the big differential between these other bonding rebase type of things is you know we have the power of the rune the token design is it's just unbeatable yeah absolutely yeah, we're gonna have. We already have it on paper already. Uh, a couple of different designs. I think the thing that's really kind of stuck right now within the dev team and, and Thorify is like, what is the Thor USD implementation? Is it uh, a, a UST kind of like design style, which has you know really positive benefits to it, or is it more of this MIM style design where 
it drives value into the pools more directly, whereas the UST style design burns room and therefore increases the price and therefore deepens the pools. It's both more indirect, but it happens, right? And so there's like this kind of debate internally about like which mechanism you want to use and we're still kind of feeling it out in some sense. But once we actually figure out the Thor USD design that we that we like that that benefits the network the most clearly and is the most um, economic secure and it maintains the peg properly and all those kinds of things. I think the the Thor savings and the lending design, I think everybody's more or less in agreement on because they just love the, those elements. It's like the idea that the network would actually support the idea of like you can, you know, get a loan on any asset, right? Like on, you know, <laughs> which is like cross-chain lending where you have like, you know, as low as 101% uh, collateralization, um, up to 300% depending upon some attributes and like, you know, 0% interest on that. And like, you can pay it back whenever the fuck you please, you know, to do it back within the next year or whatever. Like that's a no fucking brainer. Like that's just, that's a, that's a fuck ton better than every other lending platform out there today by a fuck ton. I mean, it's, I, I don't know. I can't even think of a reasonable argument why you wouldn't want to participate in that, to be honest with you. And so like, we're super bullish on this idea and we think we can really pull this thing off and we think we can change DeFi just by doing that. Um, but we need to kind of solidify our, our definition of Thor USD and how that functions uh, in a secure way. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think a lot of people initially think, well, why won't everybody do that? And then that'll just, that'll just drain the funds. If you're under, everybody's taken out, under collateralized loans, then there won't be anything left. But that's not the case. No, so the, if you're always starting over collateralized, right? Uh, either you're starting at like 101 percent, so you're a little bit over, or you're you're at you know I think you can go as high as like three percent, three hundred percent, where you're doing like three hundred bucks and you get one hundred dollars worth of. So you're always starting over collateral, oh, right, collateralized. Right. Okay. But if the network gets to a place, what normally happens when the collateral, you know, could hit a bear market or whatever, or there's a pullback because Elon Musk tweeted or whatever the fuck happens, people get liquidated and they lose a bunch of money. And that's super stressful for anybody who's done lending. Like you hate this because like, you know, like you have to kind of keep a constant eye on your on your loan collateral. And if it gets below a certain number, you like you have to quickly just throw some more ETH or at it or, you know. Or uh, you know, yeah. Luna or whatever it is like that you're that you're doing, like, and that's super like kind of stressful. Not to mention that the interest rates are like fluctuating like crazy on you know something like an Ave or a Compound. So you want to make sure you're not getting like fucked by like okay, just, the interest rate just jumped to forty percent today, and like oh shit, I'm getting like you know ass raped by this by this like variable rate interest system, right? <laughs> and so like, but like Thorchain is saying like, hey, there's a fixed rate interest, and by the way, that number is zero. And there's no liquidations. You don't have to worry about like, you know, coming back tomorrow and then all your money's fucking gone. Like, you don't have to worry about that, right? Like the network actually takes on that risk for you because it believes that ruin and Bitcoin and Ethereum will surpass the dollar's value in the long term. And that's a very safe bet to make, at least from my perspective, that's true. And so like it becomes like the most stress-free loan that you could possibly have. And you can like, you know, your ratio of like how much dollars you get versus how much collateral you added is going to be better than like, pretty much every other system out there. <laughs> so it's going to be like such a fucking no brainer to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be doing it. And then I'll be LP. <laughs> then I'm just going to LP all that stuff. So. Yeah. Or run a node. Once, so. once we actually solidify the, the Thorify stuff and we at least the kind of um, 
that document for the community to to kind of start reading and understanding and, and commenting and criticizing and all these things. Um, well, we should do like a you know a Twitter Spaces thing, and we can have we can just dive into the inner depths of it, you know, and people can uh, yell at me for being an idiot or not, but they can you know have a conversation. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah, have a good weekend. You too. Thanks. Two more uh, quick questions. We have two people up here. First is Gustavo. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call, man. The the spaces is awesome. Um, first time listener. Um, I've been in crypto and DeFi for a little bit now. Um, and to be honest with you, to be honest, I feel like a little intimidated by everything that's going around Torchin. Just the basic concept of how I can uh, swap uh, native BTC, for instance, with a different type of asset using one particular wallet. Mm -hmm. How do I go? How would I start? Can you like direct me to like a, an instruction manual, or maybe you could just give me like a, a basic background as to how would I approach uh, doing any type of transaction in your protocol? Do you guys want to take this one? Yeah, sure. Um, so I would start by checking out, uh, there's various interfaces, right? So like ThorChain itself doesn't have like one interface, but uh, you know, I would recommend ThorSwap for sure. Uh, as far as like where to actually go to to like do your swaps. So if you go to ThorSwap, then um, just like check out Connect Wallet, and you'll see all the various wallet options. Uh, you could just like download a Key Store wallet, for example, which will give you uh, wallet addresses on all the chains that are integrated. Um, you could also, I mean, it, it also depends like what wallets you're already using, right? Like if you're, if you want to do something, if you want to swap from Ethereum and you're already using MetaMask and comfortable with that, you could connect that. Um, there's ledger integrations. Um, you can also use XDeFi, which is a, a browser extension wallet and they'll, uh, another multi-chain one. So like you'll get all your various addresses there. So you could just connect, connect XDeFi and swap between various chains there um uh yeah with ThorSwap, um there there's a lot of resources too so i would say to check out um check out lp university uh they it's a discord where they'll they've got all kinds of help with like various scenarios and like how lping works and stuff like that uh you can check out the ThorSwap discord too and um i'm actually helping with ThorSwap putting out tutorial videos um which are on ThorSwap community youtube and they're also around on various articles and and stuff like that but um yeah, that that's where I would probably start. Is I would just get get set up with one of the multi chain wallets is probably the easiest thing to do in my personal opinion. Like say uh, a key store or X DeFi, and then um, you know just get whatever assets you want into those into those wallets, and uh, then using ThorSwap for a swap is um, I don't know what you're familiar with, but like if you've used say like Sushi Swap or uh, like Astroport on Terra, maybe stuff like that. Like it's it's a very Right, I've done that. I, I I am able to swap. Uh, however, I just never attempted to try to swap uh, using like for instance, MetaMask. It will have to be if I'm on the uh, Ethereum mainnet, it will have to be ERC twenty tokens only. But right. how would I integrate that with uh, BTC? But now you mentioned either Keystore or XDeFi, and those wallets will be able to integrate the different chains. Correct? That's that's right. Those wallets are already multi-chain, so you have like 
you have like a Bitcoin address, you have an Ethereum address, you have like a BNB address, like all within those wallets. Um, okay. Or or you could connect two different wallets uh, with ThorSwap. Like, can, like, again, since we're talking about multiple chains, so like, for example, once the Terra integration is out, you could connect Terra Station and you could connect MetaMask and then you could do a swap between the two that way uh so you could like swap from your terra station to your metamask or vice versa essentially does that make sense yes but using some type of bridge or it, it would that be no no that, that, that's using thorchain itself so that's thorchain's core feature is is bridging oh, wow. it is well not it's different than like what we normally think of as a bridge but you know in effect yeah you're you're going you're doing a true cross-chain swap and it's routing through rune on the back end and stuff like that but you don't even need rune if you if you don't want to you can just connect the two different chains and then the the swap itself is like you know similar process to how you'd walk through like a sushi swap swap um just you have two different wallets connected on two different chains um and yeah that it, it's simultaneously two different wallets yeah you can do that or like i said you can just do like if you have a key store or an xd like those are those already have like yeah. many chains in in the one single wallet so you have options it's just kind of like what what's okay. uh well, you've definitely given me some insight uh at least a starting point i am gonna get in there and start experimenting and I do have MetaMask. I started out with MetaMask, but I'm staying away from MetaMask because of the high gas fees. Yeah, just keep in mind with with Thorchain, like you're dealing with on-chain transactions. So if you're swapping from Ethereum or to Ethereum, like you you're you're dealing with Ethereum. So meaning you you have the fees there. But if you're swapping between, you know, Bitcoin and Rune, then you have like the Bitcoin on-chain fee. Or if you're swapping from BNB to uh, soon Terra, then the fees would be super cheap because you're dealing with those chains. So it's just kind of like dependent on what you're actually doing. I got it. Okay. And like, as far as doing anything else aside from swapping, say, uh, am I at this point, can we actually, can I actually already be like put up my BTC for collateral, say for instance, is that currently available? Yes. So you, you can put your, uh, BTC, your native BTC right from your ledger. If you have a ledger now you can, right. uh, you can put it right in the Thorchain liquidity pools. And uh, I just want to point out that while Chad was talking, I, I put a bunch of resources in the pinned tweets above this space. So if you click on the space, you'll see there's like uh, five or six pinned tweets uh, kind of about the things that we've discussed today. And that includes some good, really, really good resources about learning about Thorchain. Uh, first would be uh, LP University. And LP University is a great resource for learning about liquidity pools and strategies. So I highly encourage you guys to, uh, if you're not, if you're unfamiliar and you want to learn more about it, join their Discord. And there's just a lot of good information about becoming a liquidity provider, like for, for Bitcoin, for example. Um, there's also a ThorChain community Twitter account, which is another community-run Twitter account for news and updates and things. So this is all community-managed um, accounts. And there's also there's Thor noobs who posts, um, you know, n new, easily digestible information. Uh, and then there's grassroots crypto who posts YouTube videos about all these topics. So make sure you follow all those accounts up above and we'll, use them we'll for do resources. I look up the pinned tweets and I'll, I'll bookmark them. Well, uh, I, I have to say congratulations to all the devs. This is like amazing. Um, it's like something that I, in my mind, always thought, man, if only this thing was available and, and you guys are on the right track, I wish you nothing but luck and nothing but the best. 
Awesome. Yeah, that's how we feel with ThorChain too. It's like just solving such a fundamental, obvious, massive problem in crypto, something that we've needed all along. Um, so amazing. Just to clarify one little thing there, um, is you had you had mentioned uh, collateral. And yes. so like when we were talking about like the the borrow and lending stuff, like those features are are definitely still down the road. Like that's kind of thinking about like what's gonna be possible with this like core stuff but th- right. that's not something you can do right now you can't right now uh right, right now it's just like lp and i can't lp though yes you, you with rune exposure so you can every every pool on Thorchain is is pooled with rune so because that's like basically what facilitates the cross-chain swaps on the back end so you're gonna have as of right now the only yield opportunities include having 50 50 exposure to rune but yeah you can do that you can you can add it from only bitcoin if you wanted to though like you could connect like a bitcoin ledger and add to the btc rune pool but uh from only bitcoin but on the back end you're going to end up with the 50 50 exposure i got it i I understand okay great once again uh thank you for taking my call and again uh have a great weekend and nothing but the best i wish you guys yeah thank you thank you you All right. I think that's uh, about it for questions today. Again, we do this every single week on uh, on Fridays. Um, you know, if, if there's any suggestions that anyone has for the show, make sure to uh, to let us know because we're always looking to Im- improve and you know make sure that the community's questions uh, are are addressed and uh, you know just to put good content out about uh, about Thorchain to everybody and make sure that everyone knows what's coming up and is excited about uh, like it just really is like the cutting edge development. Uh, in, in crypto right now, in my opinion, that's why you know me, me and Chad Thoreau are involved because we're just really excited about uh, you know where the protocol is is going. So yeah, yeah thank you, thank you everybody. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, Camilo uh, Kyle, for for hosting it and uh, you know running this thing every week. I appreciate that. Yeah, yes, totally. Thank, thanks to everyone for coming. Thanks for Chad for for building the thing and for for coming and speaking about it and and uh, always being generous with your time. And yeah, this was awesome. Uh, I'm I know myself personally. I'm I get more more bullish every single time I, I hear you speak, Chad. So <laughs> I need I need more I need some more rune. Um, is how I feel after every single one of these conversations. <laughs> but yeah, thanks to everyone tuning in, and uh, we'll run it back the same time next week. All right, yep. and yeah, and Chad and Chad and I are going to try and do some other like supplemental talks as well, like uh, during the week. We we still need to figure out all the details, but yeah, we're going to try and get as much uh, you know Thorchain content out to everybody as needed. So, all right, sounds good. Crypto is real. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs>